Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this week on the Lead Hership Global Show. We are so excited to welcome Fiona Japoris this week, executive coach and change specialist. You know, change seems to be the only constant in the world, in every industry. In order for organizations to thrive, leaders have got to learn how to embrace change and master the art of transformation. Leaders must be proficient at being self-aware and adapting to change, as well as leading others through change. If you could change just one area of your life that would be most meaningful, most impactful, would you? Getting change right starts with people. It starts by recognizing that all of us as humans want to know how change is going to affect us personally and then equipping those we lead with a clear roadmap for the change. But how do you do it? How do you learn the very best way to go through transformation and know that on the other side of it will be a victorious ending? Well, first of all, we can't be afraid of transformational change or to change transformationally. You know, sometimes fear stops us in our tracks, but learning through trial helps leaders and their teams be energized and actually keep going until the goals are accomplished. Today with Fiona, you're going to learn the five guaranteed steps to embracing change sustainably. Listen in. Fiona, I am so excited to welcome you today. Thank you so much for joining the Lead Hership Global Show. We are just thrilled to have you on today's program and to talk about sustainable change. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Linda. I'm so excited. It's lovely to have this opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you. Now, I will say, before we get started, I need to tell you a little bit about Fiona. She is an executive coach and a change specialist. She's a champion for transformational change at an organizational and an individual level. And she empowers leaders to see their world as ever-changing. As an advocate for conscious change leadership, Fiona works with executives to achieve breakthrough results. Fiona has an extensive background in project management and change management, which has been an extraordinary foundation for executive coaching, partnering with executives to embrace change sustainably. Fiona partners with leaders to help them uncover and connect to their true essence and to live a life on purpose. Fiona is absolutely fascinated by what it takes to embrace resistance and experience change sustainably, whether that's as an individual or through an organization. I can't wait to dive into this incredible conversation with Fiona. But to begin with, Fiona, I'm really curious, what began this journey for you? What created this passion to help leaders move through change 
sustainably? Uh, it's interesting, Linda. I suppose the the momentum that started was through my willing, my sort of passion to be more of a parent for my children. And I was looking through different ways to help guide them. And I, I realized that there wasn't just always one answer to some of their solutions. And I wanted to give them opportunities and ideas on, on different ways to do things. And I had been a project manager at work and I came across at the same time the concept of change management. And it made so much sense. And I realized that helping people to navigate change was actually where I, I felt like I came alive. I understand projects, but actually, if you don't have the success or the, the leadership on board, you this is where the project can fail. So it's it, it became this double-pronged approach where I was realizing it at work, realizing it at home. So I went and did some extra study. And during my change management study, I, I came across the idea of the coaching. They talked about coaching, how coaching helps you with people, and they did it as a coaching module. And in that coaching, I realized my heart sort of sang when I was talking with people and helping them through different moments. And it just became this whole, oh, this is what I'm here for. This is why I'm here on this earth to do these things, to help people understand that they have choice in this moment, that the choice is theirs to live their life the way they want, that they actually can create, depending on how they look at the change, they can create this opportunity to go through it in a different way. And that's what I wanted to be a part of. Yeah, Fiona, that is just beautiful. I love that. And, you know, change is something for most leaders that's a little anxiety provoking. It's something that's met often with quite a bit of resistance. So what do you recommend for leaders to change their mindset around change management and navigating change, which is fairly inevitable, especially in organizations, change seems to be pretty constant. So how do you allow leaders to adapt change and to embrace change as an inevitable part of organizational life? I love the concept of working, not being afraid of leaning into the idea of what does this change mean? How do I navigate? It's not always positive change. And sometimes that is that is the truth as well. We actually have to face change, especially when we're in an organisation that is not always, might be best for the organisation, might be challenging for people. But when you lean into the messages, when you lean into hearing and giving everybody a voice, most people fear change when they don't have any control. If you're told what to do, if you're, uh, if you don't feel like it's something within your power, then it becomes fearful. Um, as a leader, when you create moments, so maybe it's creating conversation points, when it's creating, being clear on the message, being clear on the why. Simon Sinek talks about start with the why. The why is important. Why are we doing this? What is the outcome? If you come back to what is the outcome you want, is this the path that we're taking? The fear can come when you don't speak about it. The fear can come when there's, there's the unknown. Sometimes it is unknown, but even if you say, we don't know, but we are actually working through this together as a group, or we've got the best people understanding what this change means. There's companies that COVID's created a lot of challenges. COVID's created a lot of um, companies that have had to go through organisational change very dramatically without knowing what the outcome at the end look, looks like. 
but some companies have navigated that in in a more in a more empowering way sometimes when they're honest sometimes when they're clear about why they're doing the change and what they want to achieve for the company I love that Fiona so you said a couple of things there that I think are so important one is fear is often wrapped around this idea of unknown. It, fear is often triggered when we don't know the outcome, when we're unclear of the end result. So being able to map out what you want to create and what the outcome will actually be, and being able to do that in collaboration with others can reduce the fear and allow leaders to more ably embrace the change. So I love that. I love this idea of facing the change, leaning into it, and then mapping out what you want to create and what the outcome will be in a team environment, in collaboration. I think that's brilliant. You know, you also talk about five guaranteed steps to embrace change sustainably. And I'm so curious about what those guaranteed steps are. Can you outline that for us? Sure, I'd love to. So I think... um... I'll give you another analogy as well as I go into the steps. So I'm a project and change manager. I'm an executive coach, but I also have done some natural therapies. Um, so some uh, neuro-linguistic programming. So it's very holistic, my approach. And often I have people that come in with children who are going through some challenges. And generally I will start with a program with the parents because when we're in our best positive place, then it just flows from there. Um, and that's the same for any leader. When you're in the best positive place, if when you're authentically you, when you understand who you are, who you show up as in this world, and you feel confidence and certainty in that space, the leadership just flows. You become the leader, you become this, you embody that leadership moment. So the very first step is to do the healing. Um, we all go through trauma at some point and everybody's trauma point is different. It is, and it can be whatever is, is big to me, may not be big to you, and that is perfectly fine. From one to eight, we uh, see things, experience things that take on certain meaning. And it could be very simple, but we create these limiting beliefs about us that start to define the decisions that we create. So we could see, uh, we can remember a moment that we think, oh, my gosh, that was them. They were thinking oh, that was my fault. I broke, I might have been little and I broke something. I got into trouble and that's created a limiting belief. It could be trauma on the worst scale, loss of a loved one, loss of a parent, um, which I've experienced and I realised I had to go through and do some of the healing myself. And that, because I was bringing in some of my fears into my parenting approach. But so this applies whether it's work, corporate um, friendships. So we do the healing. If we try and make decisions without healing the trauma, we, it is hard to create everlasting change because to make those, that positive everlasting change, you need to be fearless and going through these without that negative limiting belief. So the journey we're on as a personal and as an individual is there's lessons to learn and we keep having a reminder that there's lessons to learn until we learn that lesson. And the longer we ignore, I could say, fight the lesson, the bigger the lesson can become. So 
and in healing the lesson, we in learning the lesson, we heal the trauma. So I have a program and that's where I start. But whatever it is for you, find the right practitioner and the modality that resonates with you and do the work. That is the first part. There's and it could be any approach. It could be like you might go down any particular path that appeals to you. So do the healing. That's critical. It means it just means that we come out of this, we are in our optimum sort of um, persona. The second, when you're trying to create change, so my talk today is about if you could change an area of your life that you never had, what would you? And so how would you do that? Create a fresh start. Katie Milkman talks about the idea of the fresh start effect. The fresh start effect is, you know, New Year's Eve. We all come with, uh, oh, my gosh, it's New Year's Eve. I'm going to create this. Um, I'm losing weight. I'm going to go back and study this year. I'm going to train every day. It's a, a fresh start effect. But there could be a whole lot of others. There could be a restructure at work. What do you want to do? They, they might call that the burning platform if you're in a corporate base. What do you want to do differently now? Use that moment to create it. You're bringing a new system in, a new technology, a new process. Use that moment to create um, it, to create a platform for change. So it, it becomes a, that fresh start is a pivotal moment that allows you to feel like there's something different happening. It gives you extra momentum. Um, so create that moment. Look for it. Create that fresh start. Um, the third point is resistance. You're going to come up some resistance. You're going to be, it's going to be, you've made that commitment for New Year's Eve to go out and train every day. I'm going to run one mile every day and it will be cold. In Australia, it's winter at the moment and it's hard. It's, you know, the sun doesn't come up till about seven o'clock in the morning. We often get up and we're out the door and in summer, it's beautiful. You're down at the beach, 5.30, the sun's up and it feels amazing. In winter, you're going to come up some resistance but it's your ally, not your enemy. You, you have to understand why haven't you done this? This is significant change in your life. So what is the message that you keep hearing in your mind? Why haven't you done that? Are you, are you navigating this resistance so that it helps you understand the resistance? And you'll work through that with your coach or just for yourself if, if you feel like you can and, and use that resistance to to uncover it might take you back to some healing or some trauma there might be some limiting beliefs around it it might be as much as you think you want this change there's a story there that thinks you can't so the resistance is just another way of of actually buying into the story that you actually don't think you can um, honor your word so we often say so this is step four honor your word we are very good at honouring our word with other people. Generally, if we say we will, we will commit to that. We will move mountains to get it done. We will, a friend says, I need to see you. It's a, um, I need packing. You've got a, a, a mess in your own place, but you can. Um, there's a colleague at work that needs some support. You've got a whole lot of your own things going on. You might have to work back already, but you make time for that because you've committed and you've agreed. But do we honour our word to ourselves? Transforming your relationship with your spoken word is a game changer. Can you say, if I commit every morning to getting up and running that um, mile, will I do it? Will I honour my word to myself? 
will I, will I consider myself that important that I, I must do what I've agreed to doing? That is really critical. And the fifth point is transcending belief. So somewhere, if you want to create change in, a, in an area that you have never approached before in your life or you've approached but not had success, look for where you've had success. If you've done it in one area, you can. It means you have the evidence to apply the same discipline to this area. So you've done it before. You've done that, made it happen. You can do this. It, and it could be small. It could be just um, you've created, you've gone out and you've you felt like you could, you've maintained a habit for a month of actually not having a coffee. I know it sounds minor, but I love my morning coffee to go off it is a really big thing but if I actually when I look back and I go I've done that for that month I can do that I it gives you the faith to say okay so let me take it to a bigger bigger goal what's a bigger change I want to do if I really wanted to actually get that diploma get that extra study um, make that career change what do I need to do I've done it before it might sound minor but you have done it before and allow that to believe this is you transcending belief this is you understanding you've got you've got it within you and you can do that wow that is really powerful now you mentioned a couple things here that i want to dive into a little bit more deeply number one you talked about limiting a belief and the good thing about limiting beliefs is that you have the power to change them at any time this doesn't mean that doing so will be an easy process, but commitment and a greater level of self-awareness can absolutely make that possible. So I want to dive in a little bit into this idea of limiting beliefs and transcending beliefs. So uh, again, I think that limiting beliefs can have a number of negative effects. Um, they can keep you from making good choices, taking on new opportunities, reaching your full potential. And ultimately, limiting beliefs can keep you stuck in a negative state of mind and hinder you from living the life you really want. But you're talking about being able to transcend that. So talk a little bit about the steps associated with transcending limiting beliefs. So I think we all have limiting beliefs. And they're the beliefs that sit below the surface. You don't realise you've even got them, but suddenly it becomes this, it, you create decisions based on these beliefs. So a good example is going for a new job. It's commonly sort of recognised that women will often wait to have the full 100% of the core requirements before they apply for the role. And um, as a stereotype, men will often go, you know what, I've got a little bit, I can do the rest. And I know that's a very common stereotype, but the belief around that, what's the belief around that for, for yourself? Do you have, are you feeling like without all these got, without all these certifications, I can't do this job? Where did that come from? What made you believe that? What's the difference between yourself and the person that says, I've got 10%, I can do that, and gets in and may rock that position? So the, the limiting belief maybe. One time in your youth, you were told that you weren't good enough for something that you tried out for or you didn't make it into a team that you wanted to get into. And suddenly the story in your brain is that 
actually, when I try, I don't get it. Um, you'll notice it in the kids. It's a really good example. They'll, they'll create a decision based on fear. And the fear might be if I, maybe they want to be a, a leader at the school. And, the, and your child might say, or someone little might say, but no one will vote for me. Well, why? Why will no one vote for you? And so it's and the, as very simple ways to work down, use your five whys. So why wouldn't someone vote for you? What are they, what, what's in your mind that says that you're not good enough to do this job? Where did it come from? What was the original just sort of like experience that you had that created that moment? Um, maybe you're at work and you always get nervous in front of senior stakeholders. Well, why? Why don't you feel like your voice has as much depth and weight as anyone else's? Why do you feel like they aren't here to listen to what you to say? Why don't you feel like you're coming from a point of authority or um, specialist knowledge in this matter? Uh, when you when you start to uncover what was the experience that happened, you realize the beliefs that you've had have been limiting you in what you do. That's really what it means. So it limits your potential. It limits your opportunity. And really, it's just the story you're telling yourself. I have this really good saying, I'm the thinker of, the, of my thoughts, not my thoughts, because the brain wants to keep us safe. So it creates this moment of safety for us. But sometimes that safety can be, it creates a story that's not there. So the limiting belief might be something that's, been something that actually doesn't serve you the mind wants to have that safety in a story and in certainty so you walk into a room two people stop talking um and you and you might think oh my gosh doesn't matter what level of leadership this is or what level of of the company you go well that's that's that one and one equals two uh, they've stopped talking it's about me well actually maybe she was sharing something to someone that she didn't want anyone else to hear. And the story wasn't about you at all. Um, one of my daughters had this really good story that she came home from school with and said, I think my teacher really dislikes me. And how often have you heard that as a parent? You know, they don't, no one likes me. Actually, I said, I don't know whether the teacher feels enough about you to dislike or like you, but their job is to do this and they're trying to do a whole lot of other things. And when you take that emotion, that story just helped her in that moment because there were some other insecurities behind that. And then we worked through those insecurities. So understanding that we all have limiting beliefs, we're like an onion and we de-layer as we grow. In that moment, you have, you can continue to de-layer, continue, and this is where I say lean, lean in, lean into the change, but lean into the healing, lean into understanding why you do what you do. And that goes for both things. You know, you meet you meet someone, you fall in love, and the nothing, everything's rosy. Like the world looks, everything you look at is this amazing rosy proposition. And then some. Sometimes it can change, and some of the things that you found cute don't feel quite so cute. Don't feel quite so special anymore. But what's happened? What's been the experience that's led you to feeling that? Um, because if we lead from a love point of view, when we always see the good in the world, when we always see what's going, or the good in the experience or the, po the possibility and the hope in the experience, we are able to transcend those limiting beliefs 
in a different way. And really, healing allows you to be more of an observer in your life. Healing allows you to not be immersed in the moment. And there's so much empowerment in not being swayed by how other people see the world. So there might be people in your work environment that actually thrive on gossip and um, stories. But, you know, when you when you might, you might go into that moment and then you walk away and you go, actually, that doesn't make me feel really good. Well, just know that. That's a, that's a thought for you to go, what occurred in that moment that I can unpack? What don't I feel good about? Actually, well, I really like the person they're talking about and I don't like how they're saying that about that person because... We don't know what's going on in that person's life and why whatever the experience is, is um, occurring. So when I say, when, when we talk about limiting beliefs, understanding your limiting beliefs is powerful. It's in, it's, it creates an empowering moment for yourself and that's where you understand that in that moment you have absolute mastery over your own emotions and your own thoughts and that's where you then from that moment, from that platform, you can then go out and have the impactful change that you want to have. Have Live that life on purpose. We all have a specific purpose that is so unique to us. It's so unique to that one person that you are. You have something that no one else can offer. And these limiting beliefs can, can get in the way of you being in that space. You might be. Yeah, um, that's right. You might be wanting to leave a job, but you're scared, scared to leave. Well, what's the belief behind that? That, So, you know, they're the sort of things that you unpack in the healing. Yeah, I love that, Fiona. And I love how you describe a limiting belief as simply a state of mind. It's like a conviction or a belief that you think to be true that limits you in some way. So the limiting belief could be about you, about your interactions with other people or with the world or how the world works. But absolutely, if you've made one decision about yourself that's dominating every area of your life and stopping you from manifesting your desires, then it's in your best interest to really challenge those limiting beliefs. And to really experiment with the possibility that maybe these are stories that are just simply not true. And, you know, you also talked a bit about trauma. And trauma is generally described as an experience or an event that tends to overwhelm your capacity to depend on yourself or to protect yourself. Um, And trauma can actually impact the way we behave, the way we interact with others, the way we learn, the way we grow, and shifting from a mindset of what's wrong with you to what happened to you, I think is so needed in our places of work, where there's a general recognition that trauma is a very common human experience. And rather than blaming the victim, it's about deeply understanding what's happened to them and extending a sense of empathy and kindness. And much of the trauma that we tend to think about is acute trauma or one-time trauma. But, you know, there can be experiences that are repeated over time that create those kind of limiting beliefs, that create those kinds of um stories about ourselves are just simply not true. So if someone is starting to recognize 
that they have dealt with some sort of injury over time that has created this series of limiting beliefs, or maybe there's one central limiting belief that is controlling them, how do they begin moving beyond that? How do they begin, um, again, transcending those beliefs, healing themselves, and being able to move into this area of embracing change sustainably? I would start with understanding who you are, who you are and who you show up in the world. So um, journaling, it helps. Leaning into the discomfort of looking at an event and why it happened and then being prepared to go backwards a little bit to understand more behind the event. Um, When you start looking at yourself, so when I was doing my change study, we a lot of the work we did on ourselves because in order to be able to be this leader that I take other people through things, I needed to have done the work myself, and you know that's that's a really good approach. Any any leader will will want to make sure that they they bring their best self to work, um, and in doing that, so I had to sort of understand what drove me. What what did I really love at work? And I often, uh, every client we I have, I talk to them about towards and away values. Um, Brene Brown raised these, and I really, really love the concept. What do you make when you make a decision? Are you making a decision towards something or away from something? So, are you making a decision towards fear, towards your, towards sorry, love, towards your vision? We have a vision. If we're making a, if we think of the outcome we want, what what decision are we making? Are we going towards something as opposed to making a decision? So if I have a passion to be, um, make to, to make a difference in the world and to be uh, working with people one-on-one and in groups and in organisations to navigate change. But I could have easily just stayed in my previous role and made a decision based on an away value where I said I'm scared to leave because I have safety and security here and so you can see the power the power of if I make that decision based on well what's right for me what do I see as my vision where where do I see myself going that is a much more empowering decision if I make the decision to stay then I start to become more resentful because I'm in a job that I'm not necessarily doesn't feel like my passion place and my purpose and I've made a decision based on fear so when this is up to you when you another way to do it is when you've made a decision check in with yourself how did that decision feel were you making it in a a fear position or actually in a, a a loving towards position and when you start to go well that was a fearful decision so I didn't I didn't go for that job at work because actually I was worried I wouldn't make the interview. I wouldn't, and I'd be embarrassed. Well, that's definitely like a an away decision. It's definitely a decision based on fear because there's nothing empowering about that decision except I won't do it just in case or because. So when you make those decisions or when you recognise them, A, recognise them, that's the first step. Once you un- open your eyes about this stuff, you can't go back. And the second thing is unpack why. And that's where you work with someone else or work with yourself and you sort of, you might journal, you might say, well, why did I feel that way? Maybe that's, you know, I have a very strong self-care approach because I know I need to be looking after myself in order to bring out the best and be the best for the world and for my clients and for my family. And 
if I start to slip in that self-care, then I check in and go, well, what, is, what is driving that at the moment? And then I know I'm not making decisions which are based on, you know, they're, they're my five steps, healing, creating, using a fresh start, understanding my resistance, honouring my word to myself and transcending belief. Whenever you look at it, if, there, if something comes up for you, you understand, am I not honouring my word? I meditate every day. If I haven't done it, I'm not honouring my word, which is going to create some dissonance for me. Um, I know I can do it. So what's my resistance? Why am I uh, feeling like this is, this is uh, difficult and challenging suddenly when I know how much good it brings for me? So there's some resistance in there. It's just using these five steps to work through my, um, like the decision I've made in the moment. And that understanding yourself is the most powerful part of being who you are. It brings authenticity. It brings certainty, comfort, um, and people see it. I've had people say to me, I'm not sure what it is about you, but I really love working with you. There's an energy around you. I just, I'm very comfortable with who I am and who I show up as in the world. And that creates this sort of like a smoother space for other people. And that's that's because I've done a lot of, of self, self-awareness and tr- try to ensure that I bring my best self to work every day and my best self to life every day. I hope that helps. I hope that helps with that question because it is really important. It, the work has to come from the person themselves and you find a partner to help you. You find somebody that works with you and it could be a therapist a coach a mentor a friend um but you want someone that's going to be um honest with you and help create a little bit of tension so that you can actually transition yeah so smart fiona thank you so much okay we are right at the end of our time together. So I'm going to wrap up with one final question, which is all about leadership advice. At Leadership Global, we try to accelerate the success of leaders all over the world. And it's really interesting to find what has catapulted leaders like you to the next stage of success. What has allowed them to have a personal or professional breakthrough? So as you have journeyed through your own career, what leadership advice have you received, Fiona, that you'd like to share with our audience? I think the the best um, leadership advice I have at this moment is when you're is being open and honest about your intentions, and if you creating a psychologically safe environment for people around you to speak up where you, so because then you have the most innovation, you might have the most um, collaborative approaches, but it also gives other people permission to bring their best self to work. And that is when you've made a mistake, admit it. And that gives other people the idea you lead by example and they go well you know I actually I'm going to talk about that as well and to me the role I I really like the concept of servant leadership where I create the best path for for my team to use and and get what they need to deliver so um, I would say create that psychologically safe environment 
admit when you're wrong, lead by example, and bring your authentic self to work. There's nothing more empowering than having a leader that's you can rely on and trust every day to be the same person. That creates so much certainty and comfort. And creating that psychologically safe environment means you have open and honest communication. Wow, what wonderful tips, what wonderful um, suggestions, recommendations, all based on your expertise and your experience, Fiona. I am so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful that you so generously shared your perspective, your worldview, your experience, and your expertise with the entire audience of Lead Hership Global. So Fiona, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And to everyone listening in, thank you so much for joining the Lead Hership Global show. And you can find us on YouTube, on all of your favorite podcast platforms, and also on Zondra TV. So thank you all so much for joining, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.